Alright, we're live. Cool. So let's see. I don't know. So how's it going? Uh, just, you know, uh, went to class today. Went uh, to what? Went to class. The right in? Easy. Wow. You there? Yeah, and then, uh, you know, yeah, I just slept until three. Uh, uh-huh. then, you know, went to class. Uh, went to what? Class. Oh, okay. And then, uh, came back. The teacher let us leave early, so that was cool. Cool. And then we were talking about, you know, disagreements in the workplace and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So then what happened? And then, uh, came back, you know, had one of my friends, uh, paid her some gas money to drop me off home, had to stop at the ATM and the uh, what's it called? The ATM and the gas station to get some change for a 20. Mm-hmm. Paid her 10 bucks for taking me home and then uh, ordered some Casanos so that should be coming in like 20 minutes. Uh, what kind of food are they? Um, they're pretty much like the best tasting pizza you can get commercially. Oh, for you to have. Yeah, like, pretty much, like, it's not, like, the best pizza I've ever had, which that would probably be Godfather's uh, bacon and cheese and pepperoni pizza. But, uh, it's the best, like, big business pizza, you know? It's kind of expensive. Oh, okay. But, yeah, their pizza comes with a lot of seasoning on the crust and stuff like that, so it tastes good. Cool, cool, cool. And, uh, nice. yeah, apparently my mom's saying somebody made a complaint about the microwave she bought me, and I'm like, nah, that wasn't me. Okay, that's weird. Yeah, that's weird. But, uh, yeah, just chilling. That was my day. Well, my day, too. Today was mellower than yesterday. Uh, I was actually able to uh, make it out. Probably spent more money than I wanted to today, but uh, was that was able to uh, make it out. And, uh, and I w- woke up, drank some coffee, uh, what would I do? Went to... Well, finally got made it to the Mexican place I like. Finally found a way to get there, and people helped me get there this time. So I was able to eat the Mexican food that I liked. That was good. Had a couple of good burritos and dug that. Then I came back here and decided, okay, screw it. I'm going to try to figure out if I can do anything with this tablet that this woman gave me. 
and it turns out it's way too complicated for me to use. I'm too much of a Flintstone. I do not have. I don't know how to work smartphones. I don't know how to work any of this shit. They just make it too, too frustrating for a Flintstone like me to be able to use, and not to be such a pain in the ass that it's not even worth it. So that's kind of what I went through is going to this. Uh, went to the uh, uh, Best Buy and they're trying to explain to me how to use this thing and it's just too frustrating to use. So I think I won't be, you know, if I if I see this woman, I'll give her back her tablet because I don't know what the hell to do with this thing or <laughs> she can help me figure out how to use it because I really don't know how to use that thing. She it's gave you a tablet? Yeah. Might as well yeah. go sell it. Maybe. I don't know. Like, why did she give you a tablet? Well, she was originally going to give me a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, it was something smaller that could do more shit, but that seemed even more complicated than that. So, I said, maybe the tablet will be easier, but both things were just too complicated. So, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure what I want to do. And maybe I should sell it. But uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to do. It works? It works, yeah. I just don't know how to use it. But, uh... So I did that. And just came back here from that. Went and... Got my lemonade and my water, which is what I usually drink after uh, around this time of the day, and so I did that. And, uh, made it back here, so that was my day. But it's kind of the uh, other day. I don't know. Welcome back to the Kyle Chaos and Aaron Order Show. I'm your host, Aaron Order. I'm Kyle Chaos. Are we, what are we, yahooing? For 30 minutes. Okay. So I guess let's see what the yahoos have to say. other phone. Fuck it up. Yeah, who's right there? What? I said, yeah, who's right there, and I went off page. Okay. Ukraine's demands now clash with U.S. concerns. Okay, let's go into this, I guess. Olivia, what's in the article? Ukraine's demands for more weapons clash with U.S. concerns. Okay. There should be a video. 
Okay, so we might have some some bad music and some text. <laughs> yeah, it's text. Okay. What are they saying? <laughs> No good choices. United States wary of Ukraine's demands for more weapons. Okay. Damn, their lack of choices is like my lack of choices in housing. Which says something else that happened to me today. Someone from the whatever national family housing people came to me and talked to me about what my options are and shit. I don't know. Still doesn't sound like there's any good options, but they're still trying to talk to me and shit. And I'm just saying no to pretty much everything at this point. Yeah, why does this keep fucking up? After five months of Russia's invasion into Ukraine, the Ukrainians say they need faster shipments of long-range artillery and other weapons to counter the steady advance. Okay. The U.S. and Europe say they are preparing to send more. But they are wary of sending too much equipment before Ukrainian soldiers can be trained. Okay. That's a disappointing reaction. What? I was wondering if they were starting to get tired of sending them fucking money and weapons. Well, it'd be nice if they would get tired of it for everybody else in the world. <coughs> but okay. They might be starting to get tired of it. And the Pentagon is also concerned about potentially depleting its stockpiles in the coming months. Okay, so so like all their stockpiles are going to Ukraine now. Yep, pretty much. Okay. Anyway, what else in the article? According to U.S. and other Western diplomats, military officials, and lawmakers, the Biden administration and its allies are having a hard time hard time balancing their priorities against Ukraine's demands as Russian forces intensify their bombardment across eastern Ukraine. Okay. 
Okay. U.S. officials say Ukraine could mount a counterattack and reclaim some of the territory it has lost if it can continue to exact a toll on Russia until new weapons come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. The American weapons are the only thing keeping them afloat. Yeah. But some officials are worried that pulling too many Ukrainian artillery specialists off the front lines for weeks of training could weaken Ukrainian defenses. Well, that's obvious that would happen. Yeah. There are no good choices in a situation like this. You have to take your best artillery officers and enlisted personnel and send them back for a week or two. of training, but in the long run, I think that's probably the smarter move. Okay. Oh, shit. I see that, I see that. Where's the other shit? And that's the end of the video. Okay. Right on. Oh, here's the other shit. Trying to put this all together so it's all... I can find it more easily. Miss <laughs> the, the the video? Yeah. Okay, so and it still comes down to the same thing to me. We gotta stop uh, funding the Ukraine and arming the Ukraine. We gotta stop doing the sanctions on Russia. We gotta stop uh, funding this. Uh, interventionist war that's just helping the rich people get richer and we gotta stop being the cops of the world same thing I always say after most of these articles so let's hope that uh, I don't know the the military people will finally uh, not want to do this but I kind of uh I don't know. I still think they're going to keep this going. <laughs> so I don't know. Doesn't sound good. Uh, should we go to the next article? Yeah. I'm not sure if I want to put this on or not. Like the wind blew really hard. I'm thinking maybe I want to put this shirt on but then it stopped blowing it's like well it's not that bad now i don't maybe i don't need to put this shirt on but okay i'm tripping okay so what's the next article key takeaways from house committee's seventh hearing on capital attack okay let's let's see what let's go into this 
the House Select Committee investigating the January 6, 2021 insurrection on Tuesday aimed to connect the dots between then-President Donald Trump's efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 election and the violent mob that stormed the U.S. Capitol. Okay, so I don't think there's any dots to connect there. I mean, I think the people that stormed the Capitol did this pretty much on their own. And uh, I don't really think that uh, Trump's people had anything that heavy to do with it. It says, now we will show you what other actions President Trump was taking between December 14th and January 6th. Okay. And then it's a video. Okay, Glenda, let's go into video. POTUS expectations are to have something intimate at the ellipse and call on everyone to march to the Capitol. President's own documents suggest that the president had decided to call on his supporters to go to the Capitol on January 6, but that he chose not to widely announce it until his speech on the ellipse that morning. The committee has obtained this draft, updated uh, undated tweet from the National Archives. It includes a stamp stating, President has seen. The draft tweet reads, I will be making a big speech at 10 a.m. on January 6th at the Ellipse, south of the White House. Please arrive early. Massive crowds expected. March to the Capitol after. Hold on a second. Somebody's calling me. Okay. Hello? Hi, it's your driver with Casanos. I'll be there with your order in about four minutes. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Alright. I'm back. My uh, order is on the way. We need to pause the podcast. I have returned. Cool. Hopefully the pizza was good. Yeah, it was good. The, uh, the Supreme is better. Right on. I just got the pepperoni. Right in. And a steak hoagie. Oh, hey. Right on. Yeah, that assuaged my pleasure a little bit. Cool, cool, cool. And that's how I felt when I finally got to eat the burritos. Drink the horchata. (laughs) Alright, ready to continue that video? Oh, yeah, okay, so we're at where they're talking about Trump. There's an article talking about Trump and uh, what they're trying to say Trump did or whatever. Yeah. Okay, so, so where, 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 where do we leave off? Massive crowds expected. March to the Capitol after. Stop the steal. Although this tweet was never sent, rally organizers were discussing and preparing for the march to the Capitol in the days leading up to January 6th. This is a January 4th text message from a rally organizer to Mike Lindell, the MyPillow CEO. The organizer says, 
you know, this stays between us. We're having a second stage at the Supreme Court again after the ellipse. POTUS is going to have us march there slash the Capitol. It cannot get out about the second stage because people will try and set up another and sabotage it. It can also not get out about the march because I will be in trouble with the National Park Service and all the agencies. But POTUS is going to just call for it, quote, unexpectedly. The end of the message indicates that the president's plan to have his followers march to the Capitol was not being broadly discussed. And then on the morning of January 5th, Ali Alexander, whose firebrand style concerned Katrina Pearson, sent a similar text to a conservative journalist. Mr. Alexander said, tomorrow, ellipse, then U.S. Capitol. Trump is supposed to order us to the Capitol at the end of his speech, but we will see. President Trump did follow through on his plan, using his January 6th speech to tell his supporters to march to the Capitol on January 6th. The evidence confirms that this was not a spontaneous call to action, but rather was a deliberate strategy decided upon in advance by the president. Katrina Pearson sent an email to fellow rallying President Hassim. Yeah, that's the end of it. Sounds like they're reaching okay. pretty hard. Well, it's like, yeah, he definitely wanted people to march to the Capitol, but that doesn't mean he wanted them to break into the fucking Capitol building and stop the damn uh, uh, election process from being uh, put together. Yeah, so they're basically just making a leap based off of something with no evidence. It's just yeah, like we're we've yeah, it's like we've brought it to this point, but he went the extra mile in secret. Yeah, gotta know. I, I don't know if I believe that. I mean, maybe you could say that about Mike Lindell, but that was you know he just felt really strongly. You know, like I mean, you know, I don't see him as tied as much seriously to Trump. You know? <laughs> I mean, he might have acted on his own or whatever, or with whoever he was talking I'm not sure who Michael Lindell was talking to. So, I don't know. And it's just like this frickin' January 6th thing just, it keeps leading to a witch hunt, but it's like people are believing this shit even though they're not looking at it critically. Okay, I mean, I I'm not sure. I don't. Most people I talk to don't care about this so much because it's like Trump's a has been. Nobody cares. You know, it's like. I mean, I think everybody's. I think we're all just worried more about what's going to happen in the next. Uh, what's going to happen in the next mayoral election, and. That kind of, I mean, I think that's what we're more worried about than anything right now. And people like my mom that are knee deep in it, they fucking believe this shit. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, uh. I'm just really, I'm more worried what's gonna happen at the end of this thing. What kind of lame laws are they going to try to implement when this shit is over like that's the thing i'm the most worried about is what's the next thing that's as fucked up as the real id that they're going to try to to 
push down our throats. And then uh, they're saying there's another COVID surge. Okay. Uh, let me think. Okay, this is now. I don't know. You think they're going to try to make things... I don't know. You think they're going to... I'm trying to think. Do you think they're going to try to shut everything down in the next few months? I don't know. It all depends. Well, shit. I don't know if, it, if that happens and we're fucked again, but let's let's hope it doesn't. I mean, they keep scaring And in what day? Today's Tuesday. So, I don't know. I mean, it's probably propaganda, I'm imagining. And I remember I seeing a story yesterday where they're like a fucking... What did you say? I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Still can't hear you. Uh, Aaron. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. I said, like, that reminds me of a story where, no, like... No, I can't hear you. Okay, now I can't hear you again. Try, try again. Yeah. Okay, now I can hear you. Try, try again. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, now I can hear you. I said that basically uh, they had a story about how Elon Musk is saying that the population's declining, but they're like saying, oh, the fucking UN says the population of the world is going up. It's like they completely ignored what he said. He said the population of America is going down. Okay. But then they're okay. just saying that the world's population is going up, so what he said doesn't matter. Okay. I don't know. I mean, the world population is probably going up. I'm not sure. I don't know. But, okay, is that, a, is that an article we're in? Or cause what, what's the one after the... Uh, New trying to scare everybody and, and hoping the government can shut everything down again uh, article. <laughs> or the government hoping, the Democrats hoping they can shut everything down again and fuck up our summer uh, article. World's most populated country soon won't be China. Okay, so who who's, uh, who's taking over as the most populated uh, part of the... Uh, Oh, wait, say that part again? Uh, the global population to reach 8 billion this year. India to become most populated country. Okay, well, no, I believe that. They have a lot of people. Uh, the Hindus have a lot of kids. So, okay, I can dig that right on. Uh, do we care that much? Should we go to the next article, or where's your head at? Yeah, go to the next one. Federal judge blocks Arizona's personhood law. Okay, what's this about? A federal judge in Phoenix on Monday blocked a 2021 state personhood law. 
that gives all legal rights to unborn children and that abortion rights groups said put providers at risk of prosecution for a variety of crimes. Okay. Um, what else is in the article? When the punitive and regulatory weight of the entire Arizona Code is involved, plaintiffs should not have to guess at whether their conduct is on the right or wrong side of the law. Okay. It is unclear if abortions that have been halted in Arizona since the U.S. Supreme Court ruled last month that women do not have a constitutional right to abortion would restart. There should be a video. Okay, so watch the video? Yeah. Okay. Gotta wait for this ad to finish. Mm. Well, now that's about individual states. Yeah, what's the team? We got like half a minute to spend on Yahoo before we gotta go. Okay, so what are we doing then? Should probably go to InfoWars. Okay, so what did we cover from Yahoo? Let's put it that way so we can... We're still in the middle of the segment? Yeah. Okay, so should we just go to InfoWars then? Yeah. But try to save what we had on on, uh, on Yahoo so we can decide uh, what we should put in the segment or what we should call name the segment after? Yeah, we can do a 30-minute segment. Okay, I mean, if, if, if we run, the, if we keep the segment the way we do it, let's just keep the segment the way we do it. I'm just trying to figure out how we decide, you know, like how we f- remember what the most important shit we've covered so far is mixed mixed with the newer stuff we're covering. Uh, we usually just go back to the previous page. Okay, we'll try to save that page and then. Uh, We'll go to uh, InfoWars. But okay, we they were st- you know, we were starting to get what this thing's going on with uh, Arizona. So they're blocking uh, Arizona's. Uh, uh, implementation of the tyranny of Jesus for a little while. <laughs> yeah, federal judge. Okay, so federal judge is blocking the uh, Arizona's implementation of the tyranny of Jesus for a little while. Yeah, probably until it goes to the Supreme Court eventually. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Sierra Mist. Cool. And then the first story is Dr. Sherry Tepney 
Will ten penny forced vax is all out war on the human race? Okay. Um, uh, I guess should we go into this? I think we should go into it. Yeah, so, so what's in the article? Uh... It is a 42-minute video. Okay. Now, that's too much, so let's go to the next one. <laughs> so what's the next article? Biden forgets he's POTUS. Every time I hear hail to the chief, I wonder where the hell is he? Okay. Okay, is this Biden saying this or is this someone commenting on Biden? Well, Biden said, well, folks, you know you don't have to stand every time I hear. Hail to the chief, I wonder where the hell is he? It took me a long while. You think I'm joking, I'm not. I turn okay. around and where, where's the president? Okay. I don't think that means anything, but okay. Uh, is the article going in any direction? Or yeah, what else is, what else is uh, the article saying? <laughs> The remark would likely be dismissible in a normal situation, but Biden's declining mental state has been a major focus of his presidency since being installed into the White House. Okay. I don't know. that, that I'm finding it harder to believe this. I mean, this just reminds me of when... Back in 2017, they were saying Nancy Pelosi's mental state was all fucked up. So I don't know. Like, should we go to the next article, or where's your head at? Or should we keep going with this? We can keep it moving. Okay. Um, where are we going? Can I call you back? Because i got to go to the bathroom, and I don't want to have a problem. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, I'll call you right as soon as I get back. All right. Okay, peace. Peace. Yep. Okay. Okay, so we just finished the one about them thinking the president senile. Uh that he's, they think he's having a mental decline. So what's the next article after that one? It is... Videos show Uvalde cops fled as gunmen mowed down classrooms full of defenseless children. Uh, where's your head on this one? I think it's pretty self-explanatory. I mean... Okay. It's obvious okay, that it was a dereliction of duty. 
Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Ahead. Let's go to the next article. It takes a lot of work. Neocon John Bolton brags about launching coups around the world. Yeah, that, now that's it. We, we probably should go into that because that is the scariest part of uh, these people that have been in power and continue to be in power even uh, under all these different administrations. So yeah, let, let's definitely go into this one. respect uh one doesn't have to be brilliant to attempt a coup uh i disagree with that as somebody who has helped plan coup d'etat not you know other places uh it takes a lot of work and that's not what he did it was just stumbling around from one idea to another ultimately he did unleash the rioters at the capitol as to that there's no doubt that's the end of the video Okay. I'm not sure what that's about. Like, he's talking about doing whatever they do. It's like, it doesn't go into that much detail on what he's talking about. He's like talking about what they did, and then he he says something. It sounds like he's talking about January 6th or something. And after just hearing that, I don't even know what the hell he's talking about. Uh, There's more articles. Yeah, let's go into the article because that tape of whatever he said did not make much sense to me at all. CNN's Jake Tapper missed the mark on Tuesday trying to peg former President Donald Trump of fomenting an insurrection on January 6th after neocon bureaucrat John Bolton admitted planning coups on behalf of the U.S. government around the globe. Okay. So I get that. We get get John Bolton talking about how he planned a bunch of coups all over the world. Okay. So then what else is in this article? Tapper tried teeing up Bolton to throw Trump under the bus regarding the January 6th protest, stating one one doesn't have to be brilliant to attempt a coup. Okay. Bolton instead made an alarming confession. I disagree with that. As someone who has helped plan coup d'etat, not here, but you know other places it takes a lot of work. Okay, so what else in the article? Tapper, surprised by Bolton's candor, tried pressing further about these clandestine U.S.-backed coup attempts abroad. I want to ask a follow-up. Um, when we were talking about what is capable, what you need to do to plan a coup... And he said, your expertise having planned coups, Tapper said. Bolton said, I'm not going to get into the specifics. Well, that's not... If you're going to ask a question, you should ask about specifics. What the hell? 
if you're not going to ask about specifics, then it's a cheesy, like, uh, Charlie Rose softball question. Now, that's what Bolton said. I'm not going to get into specifics. Okay, that's what Bolton's saying. He's, he's not going to explain what he did. Okay. So he's like, I already might have said something too much. I better not go into this. Yeah, and then Tapper okay. said successful coups. Bolton then said he wrote about Venezuela in his book. Um, well, I don't think whatever he did in Venezuela was successful. <laughs> and here's the video of the exchange. Is it a different video or the same one we just watched? The rest of the Republic. Different. Okay, let's hear the party. And that's unacceptable. I, I do want to ask a follow-up. Um, when we were talking about what is capable, what you need to do to be able to plan a coup. And you, you cited your expertise having planned coups. I'm not going to get into the specifics, but... Uh, successful coups well i wrote about venezuela in uh, in the book and uh it it turned out not to be successful not that we had all that much to do with it but i saw what it took for an opposition to try and overturn an illegally elected president and they failed the notion that donald trump was half as competent as the venezuelan opposition is laughable but i think there's another I feel like you're this other stuff you're not telling me though i think i'm sure there is I think there's another point here that, that came out in the testimony that's not been stressed enough. Uh, testimony, uh, uh, deposition testimony by, I think his name was Donnell Harbin. I, I may have taken that down wrong. The, the chief of uh, intelligence and homeland security for the District of Columbia government, who said we were watching Twitter after Trump's tweet calling for the demonstration on right. January the 6th. We saw all of these implications, all of the concerns about the violence. I want to know where the rest of the government was, and I particularly want to know where members of Congress were. If this was so evident at the time, why there wasn't more security on the Hill long before the, the demonstrators ever turned up? No, it's a good question, absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of people who just lived here and had been paying attention were aware that there was a real potential for violence. Yeah, I, on hope that the, day. I hope the... That's the end of the clip. Being pretty for real about what he's done, that's pretty uh, pretty intense. It's okay. Uh, is there any more article, or is that the end of this? Uh, it just goes on to say the history of Bolton in the U.S. government. Oh, just says what he did, or yeah. Okay, well, he was uh, a huge insider, insider in the, at least uh, George W. Bush's administration, if not. Uh, you know, wasn't he in some other Republican administration beside his? Oh, Reagan. No, oh, Reagan. Okay, yeah, yeah. So he. He was involved in, in some of the scariest uh, parts of our country's history. It's okay. Uh, I don't know. Where's your, I, I don't know if you want to go more into what he was saying or where's your head at or whether you're just like, okay, we, we know we did a bunch of shit. 
young pastor. Where, where's your head at on this? Yeah, I think we got the basic gist. Okay, let's go to the next article. Ukraine used U.S. missile in massive bombing, allegedly killing seven citizens, injuring 80 more. But I don't care for allegedly. Okay. Okay, wait, so this is... Who's saying what here? Info is saying Ukraine... Saying Ukraine allegedly bombed seven civilians and injured eighty. Yeah, I, I kind of don't believe that. So yeah, should we go? Should we go to the next article? U.S. is paying one point seven billion to healthcare workers in Ukraine. Okay. Well, at least those dudes are getting money. I, mean, I don't have a bad tri- trip if it's if it's humanitarian aid. That's a fun ton of humanitarian aid. Yeah, no, that is true. That's a lot, but I'd rather see it go to that than the war. But I mean, still, it's like we really need all this shit for our own country, and it's just screwed up that we're putting so much bread in general to Ukraine. I, I don't know where. Uh, uh, you want to go into this? Where's your head at? Uh, funds are being funneled through the U.S. Agency for International Development. Okay. What else in the article? As war with Ukraine heads into its six-month military aid from the West has become routine. With U.S. with the U.S. leading the way after so far sending seven billion in aid to Kiev since February. Mm-hmm. And then they got a video for twelve minutes. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah, let's watch this. What the hell? He says, today we hear from the West that they want to defeat us on the battlefield. Well, what can I say? Try it. We've heard that the West wants to fight us to the last Ukrainian. This is a tragedy for the Ukrainian people, but it does seem to be the case. Everyone should understand that, by and large, we have not yet commenced anything serious. 
same time, we are not refusing peace negotiations either. However, those who are refusing to negotiate should know that the longer they wait, the more difficult it will be for them to negotiate with us. Does that sound like a man who's scared? Does that sound like a man who's losing in Ukraine? You need to defend your civilization against the onslaught of this cancer of progressivism, liberalism, and globalist brainwashing. This is a life or death situation. No messing around. The prescription is two doses of InfoWars taken daily. All right, folks, welcome back. We're about to be joined by Jason Rink. We're talking about his participation in the uh, Nick Fuentes documentary and the way that they have been mistreated by so many different people because of you know the way they they think wrong so you know we can't have can't have actual information about Nick Fuentes he's a uh, an unperson these days he has blasphemed against the state religion so uh, we cannot uh, acknowledge he exists I'll talk to him about that in the third hour taking your calls in this segment but I just I want you to to just picture in your mind, if you're watching this, what would you do if I wrote you a check for a million dollars? What what would you do? You could buy a house. You could buy every car you've ever wanted. You could buy a, a boat and have a dedicated captain. You could hire uh, servants for your house year-round. If you wanted to you know, put it into political action, you could hire – what uh, – a hundred people to work for you for a year? I mean, what could you achieve with just a million dollars? Incredible stuff, right? Now imagine if it was $10 million, 10 times that. You could hire entire office buildings to work for you and push your agenda. What about a hundred million dollars? Can you even fathom what it would be like to look in your bank account and see a hundred million dollars and just what you could buy? I mean, the mansions, the the rocket ships. I mean, my God, $100 million is something incredible. What about a billion dollars? Like, can you even conceive of how much money this is? I, I, I feel like I got to lay the groundwork here because I don't know if it has, has the oomph that it does when I tell you that the American government has just pledged another $1.7 billion to Ukraine. Another. More. Again. Yeah. No, not the, not the other... 50 billion we've already given them 1.7 billion more which 1.7 that seems like a paltry sum uh, sum in comparison to 50 billion right it is an unimaginably huge amount of money they are just looting our country they're just robbing us blind folks and sending the money unaccountable into the most corrupt nation in europe whose leaders are now buying chateaus on uh, Swiss lakes and selling weapons to terrorist groups that we'll have to go to war with and, and die fighting in the future. $1.7 billion more announced in a gift to Ukraine, who, who apparently, I didn't know this before three months ago, is the, is the biggest, most important ally we have, second only to Israel, I guess. Like when they said that Ukraine will be a new Israel, I, I didn't know that it meant that it would now be, you know, incumbent on Americans to pay tens of billions of dollars to them every couple months for the rest of our lives. I thought, I thought they meant something different by that. But no, apparently it's just another foreign country for which the American people have no interest whatsoever just steam shoveling cash into that corrupt cesspit. And it's incredible. So that's just been announced minutes ago.
Ukraine announces $1.7 billion in aid to Ukraine. Incredible. Of course, this comes on the very same day that the European Union announces that not all weapons in Ukraine are in good hands. They say actually the weapons being sent are being used in favor of organized crime that fuels the violence of criminal networks in the European Union. Of course, Donald Trump tried to actually investigate this. They impeached him over for it. Over it. Uh, so don't even uh, don't think for a single second that this isn't a very very long established system network of corruption being exploited here. German economic minister warns of catastrophic winter over Russian gas cut fears. German minister Robert Habeck has warned of a catastrophic winter for Germans over fears of a cut to the supply of gas from Russia. Hey, look, something else that Trump tried to warn about that they laughed at him over. Who's laughing now? We are, because we're not frozen to death because you, we aren't total and complete slaves to the New World Order quite yet. France also could face blackouts without Russian gas, says the Michelin boss. Energy-intensive businesses in France are currently preparing for possible power outages in the event of further reductions of natural gas supplies from Russia, says the CEO of Michel uh, Michelin, Minigo. Is his name? We have to deal with a world that cannot power itself. These are challenges we must deal with in the future as we make a transition to the New World Order. <laughs> says the unelected master of the world, Klaus Schwab. Ukrainian forces took over nursing home and used residents as human shields. Then they claimed atrocities when Russia attacked. This is from a new UN report showing that Ukrainian officials ignored a nursing home's request to evacuate the elderly and disabled residents to safety and instead alleged allegedly mined the surrounding roads and had the military take up positions in the care facility to use as residents as human shields, exactly as InfoWars speculated when these types of attacks happened. But again, they've planted in the minds of the American people that Russia and Putin are just vicious, psychopath, bomb-loving idiots. They're just bombing schools and nursing homes because they're so evil. They just cackle and, ah, we're just going to attack innocent people. Ah, we love being evil. Uh, and so I guess if you believe that, then it's easy to believe the lies that are coming out of Ukraine. But if you just treat Russia like it's, uh, you know, composed of human beings that actually have interests uh, and they're not just willfully committing evil for no particular reason, then none of what we're hearing out of Ukraine makes any sense at all. So there you go. And of course, uh, this is all in service of World War III that we know the elites are uh, very excited about bringing about because it will very, very effectively both cover up and expedite the depopulation campaign that they've launched in conjunction with the climate change scam and the COVID scam. All of these pointing towards one particular outcome, that is the total and absolute destruction of those portions of humanity that are capable and willing to stand up against the new world order. New York releases its first nuclear attack PSA since the 1960s. New York City's Emergency Management Department has released a PSA instructing residents on what to do in the event of nuclear attack, the first of its kind since 1960. Tell you what, before the nuclear attack happens, what we should be doing is ridding our country of the people that are driving us down this suicidal path. Maybe instead of towering under our desks or hiding next to uh, street curbs, we could, uh, you know, eliminate the people bringing about this circumstance. I don't know, just a suggestion for me. Do you know that in the 1950s and 60s, the question was asked, 
to uh, the military what the plan was in the case of a nuclear attack on the American people, and their answer was that the American people should run to ditches on the side of the road where they would be provided with uh, metal tubes, and they were supposed to climb into the tubes, and then backhoes and tractors would come push dirt on top of them to bury them for a uh, you know unforeseen amount of time. That was legitimately their plan. They were like, oh, we're, we're very good at protecting the American people. Uh, just go in the ditch, and we'll bury you until it's safe to come out. That was their plan. It created a huge scandal at the time. But of course, at the same time that they were telling the American people to hide in a ditch and be buried alive to protect themselves from uh, nuclear radiation, they had already established entire parallel government systems, uh, including like, you know, scale models of the White House under mountains, uh, because they're going to take care of themselves first and foremost. I don't know if you've ever seen Dr. Strangelove, but that's kind of what it's all about. So yes, they're leading us towards nuclear annihilation since it will only expedite the plans that they have in motion already. Putin, however, doesn't seem too phased by any of this. Let's go down to clip number 19, Putin's message to the West. Let's hear it. He says, today we hear from the West that they want to defeat us on the battlefield. Well, what can I say? Try it. We've heard that the West wants to fight us to the last Ukrainian. This is a tragedy for the Ukrainian people, but it does seem to be the case. Everyone should understand that, by and large, we have not yet commenced anything serious. At the same time, we are not refusing peace negotiations either. However, those who are refusing to negotiate should know that the longer they wait, the more difficult it will be for them to negotiate with us. Does that sound like a man who's scared? Does that sound like a man who's losing in Ukraine? So, sorry, I, I really am sorry to the Ukrainian people who are being used as the sacrificial pawns in this satanic game of chess. There it is. Let's go out to the phone calls now. Chris in Michigan. Uh, will we have a country left by November? Great question, Chris. Do we even have one now? Not really. It don't seem like it anymore. Yeah, we don't need to listen to that. Okay. Um, I don't like. I think he's for real somewhat about what he's saying about the war, but I also don't really think Putin's really being a total human either. I mean, I really think both sides are just as guilty. Putin's guilty of being, uh, being, uh, uh, uh doing a lot of, of, uh, oppressive, uh, stuff in this war. And so are the, uh, I mean, I don't feel as bad about Ukraine. I mean, I see why Ukraine is fighting. It makes sense, but just the way that, our government and NATO are trying to get all these countries to, to push for this war. That's really fucked up that, that we're putting so much money and energy into this war. And yeah, maybe even some of the humanitarian stuff too is just like too much money going to another country when we need it for our country. But uh, then when he goes and, and mixes that with Oh, the, the, uh, the, the trying to stop global warming is the same shit, and it's another depopulation thing. That's like when the arguments 
trying to say that, that, that Putin is really a human and uh, we should think he's okay. I have all the time believing that. So I don't know. I mean, I think the only stuff he was saying that was for real was explaining how fucked up this war is and how much money has been put into it. And how- Welcome back to the Kyle Chaos and Aaron Order show. I'm your host, Aaron Order. And I'm Kyle Chaos. Okay, we were just talking about the war and what I believed that this dude from InfoWars was saying and what I didn't believe. I mean, he's definitely right. The war is costing way too much money on, you know, it's just way too much money going to some other country when we need it for our own country. But I don't believe that it's like he's mixing the war. One, I don't believe that Putin is, is this nice human dude that's just doing everything for the, you know, that he's not a dick. But I don't believe that NATO is the good people either. I think they're pushing all these countries to get involved in this war when they shouldn't be getting involved in this war uh, because a bunch of rich people can get rich fighting for this war. So I think both sides are equally as evil about this war. I don't know if evil is the best word, but you know, both sides are equally screwing people over royally. I think Russia is screwing people over and the NATO people are screwing people over. And the Ukrainians really are a pawn in this, in this game. I think he's right there. Uh, but then when he goes and mixes other issues like global warming with it and, and saying that that's part of a, a depopulation plan, I don't buy that. But okay, uh, that's where his head's at. And get some truth and some bullshit in this story. So, what did okay. you think about them talking about the UN thing, saying that they're using the elderly as shields? Um, I don't know if I really believe it. Let's do a little research, shall we? Okay, yeah, let's do some research, definitely. Hindu.com. Hmm? I said the okay. Hindu.com, the Washington Post. Okay, what are they saying? You want to go with uh, the Washington Post take? Yeah, yeah, let's go. 
Except for they never let us read their articles, so... Yeah, I wonder if they'll even true. let us read it. Two weeks after... Well, nah, they're not gonna let us read it. Okay, so who will let us read their articles? Yeah, as soon as you said Washington Post, I'm like, okay, they probably won't let us read it. They never let us read anything they have. Uh, the New York Sun. Okay, yeah, let's go into this. Let's hear that. Let's read their take on it. Ukraine shares blame for nursing home attack, UN says. The aftermath of the attack provides a window into how both Russia and Ukraine move quickly to set the narrative of how events are unfolding on the ground. Whoa, so this may be real. Shit. Okay, yeah, he might be real on this one. Okay, what else in the article? The Russians are clearly to blame for most of the devastation of the war in Ukraine. But the grim reality is that because much of the fighting is happening in populated areas, there's potential for both sides to inflict civilian casualties. Two weeks after Russia launched its invasion, Kremlin-backed rebels assaulted a nursing home in the eastern region of Luhansk. Dozens of elderly and disabled patients, many of them bedridden, were trapped inside without water or electricity. The attack set off a fire that spread throughout the facility, suffocating people who couldn't move. A small number of patients and staff escaped and fled into a nearby forest, getting assistance only after walking for three miles. Okay, so was the Ukrainian government involved in this from reading this? I mean, were they really using these people as human shields or did the Russians just fuck them? Now a report from the UN's Office of the High Commissioner for Human Rights has found that Ukraine's armed forces bear a large and perhaps equal share of the blame for what happened at Stara Krasnyanka, about 360 miles southeast of Kiev. A few days before the attack, Ukrainian soldiers took up positions inside the nursing home, effectively making the building a target. Yeah, InfoWars has been saying that the Ukrainians have been doing this since the war began. Yeah, no, like, I guess they're right. I'm, I'm, yeah, that, 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 I think that this is definitely proven it. Uh, what else in the article? Uh, the report says the battle there is emblematic of the human rights 
office's concerns over the potential use of human shields to prevent military operations in certain areas. Damn. Okay, what else is in the article? The aftermath of the attack on the Star Kirin's Nyanka home also provides a window into how both Russia and Ukraine move quickly to set the narrative for how events are unfolding on the ground, even when those events may still be shrouded by the fog of war. For Ukraine, maintaining the upper hand in the fight for hearts and minds helps to ensure the continued inflow of billions of dollars in Western military and humanitarian aid. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the article. Okay. Yeah, that I think uh, the info the Infowars people were right. This uh, New York Sun article like, proves it to me. So yeah, that's uh, Ukraine. Is, is it the most? Uh, is it being the best to its people either? And the information's coming out. So yeah, that's that's pretty pretty fucked up. So I guess uh, and I don't know. I guess I'll have to say the same thing I say after every article about the war. We got to stop uh, arming the Ukraine. We got to stop uh, doing the sanctions on Russia. We got to stop fighting this interventionist war that just helps uh, rich people's stay rich and we got to stop uh, being the cops of the world but okay let's uh let's go to the next article january 6th committee targets alex jones falsely claims he encouraged violence at the capitol okay uh let's go into this one Uh, this despite Alex Jones seen on video calling for peaceful demonstration and discouraging protesters from advancing on the Capitol building. Mm-hmm. The Democrat-led January 6th committee took aim at InfoWars founder Alex Jones and other media personalities involved in the Stop the Steal protest, accusing them of orchestrating violence outside the Capitol building. Okay. Well, that's a, they're using the same slogan now for, uh, for the uh, campaigns to defeat... Uh, to uh, defeat the uh, uh, prison uh, reform and in, in the uh, to lock all of us up in jail in the name of fighting the uh, the uh, uh, smash and grab robberies, they can I guess they can call that campaign "Stop the Steal." And then they got a video. Mm -hmm. 
and they got a lot of videos in this. But they got a video of uh, what the January 6th people said about Alex Jones. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's watch this and yeah, see what it's. Yeah, let's watch this and see, see what other videos they got on this. And how do you mobilize a crowd in 2020? With millions of followers on Twitter, President Trump knew exactly how to do it. At 1.42 a.m. on December 19, 2020, shortly after the last participants left the unhinged meeting, Trump sent out the tweet with his explosive invitation. Trump repeated his big lie and claimed it was, quote, statistically impossible to have lost the 2020 election before calling for a big protest in D.C. on January 6th. Be there. We'll be wild. Trump supporters responded immediately. Women for America First, a pro-Trump organizing group, had previously applied for a rally permit for January 22nd and 23rd in Washington, D.C., several days after Joe Biden was to be inaugurated. But in the hours after the tweet, they moved their permit to January 6th, two weeks before. This rescheduling created the rally where Trump would eventually speak. The next day, Ali Alexander, leader of the Stop the Steal organization and a key mobilizer of Trump supporters, registered wildprotest.com, named after Trump's tweet. Wildprotest.com provided comprehensive information about numerous newly organized protest events in Washington. It included event times, places, speakers, and details on transportation in Washington, D.C. Meanwhile, other key Trump supporters, including far-right media personalities, began promoting the wild protest on January 6th. It's Saturday, December 19th, the year is 2020, and one of the most historic events in American history has just taken place. President Trump, in the early morning hours today, tweeted that he wants the American people to march on Washington, D.C. on January 6, 2021. And now Donald Trump is calling on his supporters to descend on Washington, D.C., January 6th. He is now calling on we, the people, to take action and to show our numbers. We're going to only be saved by millions of Americans moving to Washington occupying the entire area, if, if necessary, storming right into the Capitol. You know, there, we, we know the rules of engagement. If you have enough people, you can push down any kind of a fence or a wall. This could be Trump's last stand. That's a time when he has specifically called on his supporters to arrive in D.C. Yeah, I don't know That's who he is. That's something that may actually be the either. big push. Trump supporters need to but say, this is it. Really it's now or never. You better happens. understand something, son. You better understand something. Red wave, bitch. Red wave. This is going to be a red wedding going down January 6th. On that day, Trump says, show up for a protest. It's going to be wild. And based on what we've already seen from the previous events, I think Trump is absolutely correct. 
motherfucker, you better look outside. <laughs> you better look out January 6th. Kick that fucking door open. Look down the street. There's going to be a million plus geeked up armed Americans. <laughs> the time for games is over. The time for action is now. Where were you when history called? Where were you when you and your children's destiny and future was on the line? In that clip, you heard one of Trump supporters predict a red wedding, which is a pop culture reference to mass slaughter. But the point is that Trump's call to Washington okay. reverberated powerfully and pervasively online. The committee has interviewed a former Twitter employee who explained the effect that Trump had on the Twitter platform. This employee was on the team responsible for platform and content moderation policies on Twitter throughout 2020 and 2021. The employee testified that Twitter considered adopting a stricter content moderation policy after President Trump told the Proud Boys to stand back and stand by from the lectern at the September 29th presidential debate. But Twitter chose not to act. Here's the former employee whose voice has been obscured to protect their identity discussing Trump's stand back and stand by comment and the effect it had. My concern was that the former president for seemingly the first time was speaking directly to extremist organizations um, and giving them directives. Um, we had not seen that sort of direct communication before, um, and that concerned me. So just to clarify further, um, you were worried and others at Twitter were worried that the president might use your platform to speak directly to folks who might be incited to violence. I believe that Twitter relished in the knowledge that they were also the favorite and most used service of um, the former president and enjoyed having that sort of power within the social media ecosystem. If President Trump or anyone else, would it have taken until January 2021 for him to be suspended? Absolutely not. If Donald, the former President Donald Trump or any other user on Twitter would have been permanently suspended a very long time ago. Despite these grave concerns, Trump remained on the platform completely unchecked. That's the end of it. There's no proof that Alex Jones said anything, but in this thing, there were two people that I don't know who they are. I'm, I'm, I'm imagining they're like more, I'm not sure, you know, who they are. They, they might be more neo-Nazi perspective people or something, but there were two people that they had uh, kind of, that, that you could say those two people, whoever they were, and I'm not sure who they are because I don't recognize their voices from anything. But you could say those people were trying to incite violence. Whoever these two, uh, uh, I don't know if they were internet talk show hosts or, or what they were, but uh, 
whoever those people were, you could really say those two people incited violence. I don't think you could say that about anybody else, but those two people definitely you could say incited violence. Yeah, true. But the clips they had of Alex Jones, like... Yeah, no, Alex Jones was not inciting violence in, in any of those clips. Yeah, so yet again, the January 6th committee makes a wild jump without having evidence. Yeah, but they didn't have evidence of those two people. I don't know who they are or where they keep, where they found these dudes from. But okay, there were a couple of talk show hosts that were trying to push uh, for for uh, the uh, revolution to happen, I guess. And I usually follow all the main, like, people, like, you know. Yeah, I don't think any of these dudes were mean people. Yeah. I mean, I think they they definitely had to have been, like, internet radio people or something. Yeah, they look like they were YouTubers. Okay, so they were, like, YouTube people, maybe. Probably. Okay. Because when they were talking, like, it was them talking, like, inside of a picture, and that's usually what they do on YouTube. Okay, yeah, so that's, there's probably some YouTube people. So, I mean, if anybody could be, I think those are the only people that could be, that you could definitely pin in, on it and say these people were pushing uh, for violence were these YouTube uh, people. All right, ready to go to the next article? Um, yeah, yeah, let's go to the next article. Hot tamale, spicy memes, mock Jill Biden comparing Hispanics to tacos. Okay. You want to go into this? I mean, it might be, I mean, just to hear, like, Jill Biden saying something fucked up about Mexican people, that's, uh, you know, since he's supposed to be saying he's into helping But okay, you know, I don't know. Yeah, let, let, let's hear what, what he said. Uh, they're not showing direct video of her comments, but I, can, I saw a video a little earlier that directly shows her talking. Okay, so is this is this Kamala Harris saying this or Joe Biden's wife? Oh, it's Joe Biden's wife. Okay, well, okay, this isn't fucking with Biden. This is fucking with Biden's wife. I don't know. Do we care so much since it's his wife, or I don't know? Where's your head at? I mean, I think it's pretty funny that his wife is that insensitive. Okay, yeah, let's hear, okay, what did his wife say? 
let out of the White House because he embarrasses our country every time he steps in front of a camera. But his caretaker, Jill Biden, isn't doing much to help America's image either. The diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio, <laughs> is your strength. Yes, she just called Mexicans tacos. And as you can expect, they're not very happy about it. Even the National Association of Hispanic Journalists denounced her. They released this statement saying, quote, using breakfast tacos to try to demonstrate the uniqueness of Latinos in San Antonio demonstrates a lack of cultural knowledge and sensitivity to the diversity of Latinos in the region. The NAHJ encourages Dr. Biden and her speech writing team to take the time in the future to better understand the complexities of our people and communities. We are not tacos. Notice their use of the term Latino instead of the new ridiculous woke Orwellian spelling Latinx. Although they didn't call her out for headlining such a ridiculous event. Which... Yeah, but that's her comments. Okay. Well, interesting. Right on. Okay. So I guess Mexican people were kind of pissed off at uh, Jill Biden saying that. Let's see what the next article is. Uh, African legal arrested for stabbing random woman in France. January. Okay, well, it's probably a. That sounds like a, one of their "Why You Should Hate Black People" articles. So I'm not going to pay attention to that. Uh, let's go to the next one. January sixth committee. Oh, we already brought that up. Uh, Pro-abortion Berkeley professor accuses Senator Hawley of violence for saying only women can get pregnant. Okay, why is that violence? <laughs> I want to recognize that your line of questioning is transphobic, and um, it opens okay. up trans people to violence. That's wacky. Okay. Okay, that's just being wacky. If you can't say that only women can get pregnant, and if you say that only women can get pregnant, then that means you're trying to fuck with gay people or something? That's fucking wacky. Well, that's what being woke is nowadays. Mm, that's getting a bit wacky. I don't think that has anything to do with being woke. That just has to do with being completely wacky. Like, uh, in the... <laughs> Later on in that video that I cut off, the lady accuses one of the CNN hosts, I think it was Don Lemon, of not being woke because he said Latino instead of Latinx. Okay, well, yeah, that's, it's getting a bit weird. It's like you come up with one term that everybody said has decided that's the, the term you should use, 
And then they go, now we're going to change it. Now you should use this term. It's like they keep changing the term and that's of what you're supposed to say. And that's kind of getting annoying and they're getting too picky on what terms you could use to describe somebody. And to Don Lemon's credit, he, uh, he said, I respect that, you know, he says I'm inclusive and open to that, but I'm not going to use that term. When they keep changing the terms, it's just getting more and more ridiculous. Yeah, like, it was this black chick, and she was getting mad. She looked so fucking mad when she said it. Okay. I don't know, that's, that's kind of wacky. I don't get it. So that's what woke is to the liberal elite now. Well, I mean, there is definitely political correctness has gotten too heavy. It's it's just too many people are getting ridiculous about you use the wrong term, you know. And it, I mean, I understand if somebody's really saying a fucking racial slur or something, but it's like. No, this term isn't good enough now. Now you got to go describe somebody as this term. And it's just like getting... It's more... It's like you're... The, the first term was already a good term to try to describe the type of people you're talking to that wasn't so offensive. It was better than Hispanic, which I understand why, why people get offended by Hispanic. But... Uh, now it's just like... They, they just keep changing the terms. It's like, you know, in the 80s, they came up with a term that worked good, okay? It's like, why do you have to keep changing it every few years? Because, oh, this one's better, you know? It's like it's like when they started calling handicapped people uh, special needs or something. It just got kind of more ridiculous. Oh, man, I, I kind of agreed with like those slight changes when I was younger because basically like it's like you know instead of calling kids retarded you call them special like I I thought that was like a little more nicer (laughs) it could be but I mean that's still like oh you can't make fun of certain people I mean it's that itself is just getting more and more ridiculous. You know, it's like, if you can't make fun of people, it's like, what the hell? I mean, when they started saying you can't say retarded and stuff like that, yeah. that's when they started getting ridiculous. Yeah. No, but they were ridiculous before that even, but it, it's, it's been getting more and more and more ridiculous, especially over the past, like, six years, like the past six years have been, six, seven years have been uh, really six years. It's just gotten just wackier and wackier what you have to say to describe somebody and how politically correct everything's gotten. It's just gotten wackier and wackier. And then good news about Linton on Ose. Okay, I don't even know what that means. 
Hope for Resonance. The controversial plan to house 1,500 male migrants in an English village of just 700 residents could about to be thrown out. Okay, I still don't get what this is about. So what what else in the article? It's a Paul Joseph Watson video. Okay, let's watch the video and see what uh, we think about it. The controversial plan to house 1,500 male migrants in an English village of just 700 residents could about to be thrown out. That's according to campaigners in the village who believe that Boris Johnson's downfall may spell the end of the scheme. In case you missed it, yes, the government actually wants to house 1,500 Middle Eastern and North African boat migrants on an RAF base right next to a village so small okay. it has just one shop and a few buses running through it. This just sounds neo-Nazi. possibly go wrong? <laughs> well, according to the villagers, crime, disorder and antisocial behaviour en masse. Their concerns were legitimised when it emerged that the government, without even consulting members of the community, had begun hiring hundreds of employees to staff the site, while still absurdly claiming that no final decision on the plan had been made. Job adverts for these positions said staff would have to deal with, quote, urgent medical needs, suicide risks, domestic violence situations, violence and antisocial behavior, and death. For residents of this northern English village, probably not the kind of cultural enrichment they were hoping for. But there's good news. Linton on Ooze campaigners hope new Prime Minister will cancel asylum seeker centre plans at the RAF base in their village. Olga Matthias of the Linton Action Group said, quote, the mood is hopeful that we will get an incumbent who is serious and measured with the ability to look at the facts and make a considered decision. Our strapline is wrong plan, wrong place. The root of the problem is the Home Office. Matthias said that the group will urge all PM candidates as part of their pitch to Tory MPs to completely disavow the plan. As part of his agreement to stay on until September, Boris Johnson has promised not to sign off on any new policies. So it seems as though the gridlock in Westminster, at least for now, has spared Linton on ooze. On the other hand, however, until there's a new leader with a new policy, the boats will just keep on coming. That just sounds Nazi. That just, that, that just totally sounds Nazi to me. Is it really Nazi when they're sitting up telling the workers at the facilities, you could die working here? <laughs> yeah, but it's like, oh my God, how dare there be new, new uh, African people coming in the country? And oh my God, how dare there be new Middle Eastern people running, coming into the country? That just sounds Nazi. Tripling the population of a small city sounds nice. And, and I, it's like just to say, oh, I'm sorry, we can't let these people in because of whatever nationality they are. That's just fucked up to me. <laughs> yeah, I agree with the locals. Okay. I don't know. This just sounded Nazi to me. It's like I'd just grip my teeth and bear it if it was in a city. But it's like you're talking about a town and you're going to triple their population. It's like there's no work for those guys. I don't know. 
That is said. That just sounds not the way he's saying talking, saying this shit. It just sounds Nazi to me. Let's go to the next article. Russia calls out Biden's clean energy hypocrisy. (sighs) Ahead of Middle East visit. I don't know. I don't know. That that just sounds kind of... That just kind of sounds like a bullshit article to me, too. But I don't know. Where's your head at? Well, I mean, it is hypocrisy when the Russian spokesman points out America said to help Persian Gulf nations boost oil and gas production. Okay, what what makes that uh, hypocrisy? You're sitting up saying that everybody needs to get off of oil, but you're sitting up telling these Gulf nations to increase their oil production yeah no i mean that is true they're i mean he he should either stay on one message or the other you know like don't say we got to try to increase the oil production on one hand and then tell other people we got to get off oil it is kind of saying two exact opposite things i don't know if i'd call it hypocrisy it's just like I'd for one group of people, you're saying one thing, and for another group of people, you're saying another. I don't really think Biden really cares as much about stopping global warming as he pays lip service to. I mean, I kind of think that's what this is showing, is that he doesn't care as much about stopping global warming as he's paying lip service to when he's saying shit like this to the Middle Eastern countries. I mean, I wouldn't call it hypocrisy, but it's just, uh, saying, it's saying one thing to one group of people and another thing to another group of people. It's kind of, uh, I don't think he's, it's showing me that he's not that serious about stopping global warming. If he's telling the oil company people, in Saudi Arabia, one thing, and he's telling the the oil company people in in our country something else. Well, crushing our oil production and telling other countries produce more. Yeah, I mean, uh, I wouldn't. Again, I wouldn't call it hypocrisy. I, I just think it's. I don't think he's serious about saying we should stop global warming if he's saying that to the to the Middle Eastern countries. Well, South American countries. Well, them too. If he's saying that to these countries going, we need to get more oil, then he's not really serious about getting us off of oil like he's saying, like what he said, like his people said a couple weeks ago. I thought that was the definition of hypocrisy. Um... Yeah, no, you might. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably. I guess it is hypocritical. Yeah, but I really good. I'm so serious about stopping global warming. But 
So yeah, you're probably right. It is hypocritical. I don't know. Should we go? Uh, what what else in the article? Uh, it just goes on to make a bunch of quotes from this uh, Russia spokesperson making fun of uh, Biden's, you know, claims of clean energy transition when other countries aren't being told to transition away from oil. Yeah, no, he's definitely not trying to do a clean energy transition as much as he's saying he is. Ready to go to the next article? Yeah, okay. World economic... I wasn't sure if we should have more into this Russian dude's quotes to make fun of him, but... Uh... It wasn't really saying anything different. It was just pointing out little things. That's what I mean, but what was he pointing out? In an opinion published by Russian Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Maria Zarkova, well, Zakharova, on Tuesday called out the Biden administration for acting hypocritically when it comes to an alleged shift to clean energy. Zarkova commented on Monday briefing delivered by the U.S. National Security Advisor Jacob Sullivan detailing Biden's upcoming trip to the Middle East. Summarizing Sullivan's briefing, Zarkova noted the Persian Gulf countries Oh wait, no, Persian Gulf, yeah, that's fucking Middle East. Never mind. Uh, The Persian Gulf countries have the potential to significantly boost oil and gas production. So what about the green agenda and the very same administration's calls for an energy transition, she sarcastically asked. The Russian spokesperson pointed out helping the Middle East produce more gas and oil contradicts Biden's 2020 election promise to eliminate carbon emissions from the electricity sector by 2035. Yeah, they're right. They're right in pointing that out where Biden's uh, not really serious about stopping global warming. Asking if Biden's clean energy plan is now over, Zakharova stated, then we are expecting the White House to announce that the proposed strategy is not relevant anymore. How can the same people work on eliminating carbon emissions and boosting hydrocarbon production at the same time, she questioned. Yeah, no good, uh, good pointing that out. See what else in the article. Finishing her statement, the Russian official said President Biden's panicked attempts to bring down fuel prices are old news. Any statement by the Russian government is difficult to find online in America, but Telegram users can view the full article by clicking here. Okay. Cool. That's the end of the article. All right. So, yeah, the, uh, the uh, Russians are pointing out uh, 
how Biden's not really that serious about stopping global warming. Okay. And then World Economic Forum deletes Sri Lankan Prime Minister article boasting of plan to make country rich by 2025. Okay, uh, I'm trying to figure out what the angle of this article is or what this is about. go into it. Comes after Sri Lankan people overthrew government for collapsing country by trying to implement World Economic Forum's environmental social governance agenda. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that's why they revolted. Wait, say that again? The people in Sri Lanka revolted because the government tried to implement the World Economic Forum's environmental social governance agenda. Okay, what does that mean? And I don't know if I... uh, It might not be a good thing if they revolted on this, but okay, let's go. what, What are they talking about? So let's go into this. The price for appeasing the globalist green initiatives was the total collapse of the country. Okay. The World Economic Forum has removed a 2018 article by the Sri Lankan Prime Minister on Tuesday touting a plan to make the country rich by 2025 following the total collapse of the country. Okay, so the country is totally in a state of economic collapse. Well, it's total what? anarchy. They've, like, uh, everybody has stepped down, if I remember correctly, from government. Okay, well, no, that's a good thing. That's what I, I keep hoping would happen in our country. <laughs> and then no more SSI or food stamps or any of that good shit. It might, that might need to be what needs to happen to stop the cops from fucking with people. Yeah. In the now deleted article titled, This is How I Will Make My Country Rich by 2025, Prime Minister Ranil Wickremensinge laid out his vision to strategically position Sri Lanka as the hub of the Indian Ocean, in part by imposing World Economic Forum-sponsored environmental initiatives to address climate change. Okay. Well, if they destroyed the whole... If everybody in the country stepped down over the, this, it's probably not a good thing that they stepped down over that. Well, so they should have fought a civil war over trying to institute the Green New Deal? It depends on what they were trying to do, whether it would be worth fighting a civil war over. 
The Prime Minister cited the World Economic Forum as an organization that will help him achieve his goals. The 27th World Economic Forum on Asian in Hanoi, Vietnam, provides me with the opportunity to showcase the landmark changes in Sri Lanka and our growing economic interconnection with the Asian region and beyond. He concluded, it will build upon the foundations of the historical and cultural ties that have existed for many centuries and which bind our people irrevocably. Okay. Notably, Sri Lankan President Gotabaya Rajapaksa, well, Rajapaksa also promised in 2019 to transition the country's farmers to organic agriculture over 10 years. Following up in April 2021 by imposing a nationwide ban on fertilizers and pesticides and ordering the country's 2 million farmers to go organic. Okay. Yeah, so ramming that shit down their throat whether they like it or not. Well, in that situation, I think that might be what we need to do, though. Yep. Okay. Just a few years later. Okay, go on. Just a few years later, Sri Lanka's president fled the country, and Prime Minister, his name's too hard to pronounce, resigned last week after the people revolted and stormed their residences. Okay. Well, it sounds like the equivalent of a bunch of rednecks in Sri Lanka. I don't know. So they're rednecks because they don't want their country to be a poor shithole just to implement the Green New Deal. Okay, I don't know. I mean, the country was already a poor shithole before the... I mean, I probably shouldn't say that, but I probably shouldn't look at it. So it should be an even like, more poor and more shithole. I don't know. It's like the country was already a fucked up country because of the way the uh, the way our country would punish them for improving their wages and things. So it's it's kind of. Uh, I think our country would have punish them if they tried to improve their circumstances by taking away their international monetary fund money anyway which is fucked up which is why they, those countries were already that country was already poor and in a you know in a really bad state already so I don't know anyway what else in the article before its people stormed the presidential palace and overthrew the government, Sri Lanka had one of the highest ESG, environmental social governance, scores in the world. The ESG score is a new metric concocted by the corporate establishment to measure how sustainable and socially equitable nations and companies are. 
So the most economic, well, the most green country in the world with the best score ended up collapsing and having a civil war. Okay. I don't know. If that was the reason why they had the Civil War, that's a pretty lame reason to have the Civil War. But okay. I mean, I guess that's what happened. But the price for appeasing the globalist green initiatives was the total collapse of the country. A food, energy, and financial crisis have brought down Sri Lanka's government. But the underlying cause is the fact that the nation's political leaders had fallen under the spell of green elites peddling ESG and banning modern fertilizers, wrote environmental activist Michael Schellenberger. Okay. These ESG initiatives like banning fertilizer caused the nation's rice crop to fall by 20% in the first six months. Crop productions to drop 40 to 50%. And inflation to explode to 54%. Mm-hmm. which led 500,000 Sri Lankans into poverty. That's half a million. Okay. The decision to overnight shift away from synthetic fertilizers was an absolute disaster. Economist Peter Earle noted last week, to the extent that any part of this organic agriculture decision was made based upon some version of green or green from the ideologies, this is just the first of many unintended consequences we've seen from these kinds of policies. Which country will fall next in trying to implement damaging World Economic Forum-led policies? Okay, I don't know. I don't know. I still think we need to get off of... Uh, I still think what, what uh, the governor of, of, of Sri Lanka tried to do was... Uh, would have helped things... Uh, in those countries, but uh, or at least would have helped them in that way. I don't know. I don't. I still don't know if it. Uh, I mean, I guess it happened that way. I don't know. I still think uh, the idea of doing that w- was a good thing for the in general. But okay, uh, a lot of other people didn't think it was a good idea because the the business wasn't growing or whatever. I don't know. I still think it, it was probably a good thing what Sri Lanka did, whatever that wound up happening. I don't know. But okay. I mean, uh, when your crops basically stop producing at the rate of 50%, that's pretty fucking bad. Because that means you're producing half the food so you can't sell it. 
All you can do is produce enough food to eat. That's an unsustainable political structure. Okay. I don't know. I still think it was a good idea myself, but okay. <laughs> and that's the end of the article. Okay. All right. I don't know. I still think it was a good thing that Sri Lanka tried to do, but... Uh... Tried and failed. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I, th- I still think uh, we'd be better off without using so much pesticides, but uh, okay. As much as I eat a lot of stuff that has all that shit, because uh, I want to you know, eat what I enjoy eating, but still, the pesticides are too uh, being used too much. But okay, let's go to the next article. NFL star declares war on pedophiles, announces congressional run. Well, that's a horrible thing to do since this is uh, <coughs> July, which is, is uh, you know, since last month they had Gay Pride Month, this is July. This is Pedophile Pride Month, you know, where everybody's getting ready to have the uh, Pedophile Pride Parade and break out their uh, red unicorn flags and you know, have the... Uh, Parade with all the uh, really young girls in knee socks and shit. What would be the acronym? Pebla. <clears throat> um, I don't know. What would be the okay? What what would you picture the 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 uh, acronym? Because I mean, like, what do the gay people call their groups? You know, like, what do the uh, well, NAMBLA is the National Association for Man-Boy Love. Well, yeah, no, no, we probably need a, a, a uh, NAMGULA, you know, the National uh, Organization for Man-Girl Love, but you know. Well, NAPCA, or NAPCALA. National Association for Pedophile Child Love. Yeah, something like that. Then, uh, so do you want to go into that article or keep it moving? Okay, so, so this dude is, what is he doing to fight a war against, uh, Against pedophiles, like what, what's what's his strategy or whatever? Uh, 
Uh, Jerome Davison has announced his run for Congress in a bid to fight for the soul of America amid the globalist operation to demoralize humanity into submission. Okay. That's a 43 minute video. Okay, well, I don't want to see 43 minutes of it, so fucking. But, you know. I want anybody to be able to get the kind of pussy they like, uh. No matter who gets hurt by it. Or butt. What? I said or butt. Or butt what? You know, you said any kind of pussy. Does that include butt? Yeah, I mean, yeah, if they want butt, they should be able to get. Welcome back to the Kyle Chaos and Aaron Order Show. I'm your host, Aaron Order. And I'm Kyle Chaos. Uh, tune in next time when we hear more about how we're being screwed with and how we're trying to stop ourselves from being screwed with. I, I'd say this episode was nothing but us being screwed with again, though. Nothing, I didn't hear anything about us stopping ourselves from being screwed with. <laughs> well, the, you know, three walking people are... Well, Stopping the totalitarians from taking over their governments. So. Okay. I mean, I don't know if that would have been considered totalitarian, but okay. They didn't give them a choice. That, I guess you could, if you, if you look at it through the, you're keeping us from being able to make money type thing in, in that, uh, you know, keeping our, us from being able to, Survive better. You know, maybe they, maybe they really did stop themselves from being screwed with as much as. I still don't know if if, if it was a good thing that happened there or not. But okay. You uh, talked of here, you hippies. This hippie is exiting the the uh, discarnate facility facility of. The combination of us being in Dayton, Ohio, and Sherman Oaks, California, on the streets at the same time. <laughs> the disembodied voices of the past. Well, no, disembodied voices of, well, whatever it is, I guess, I guess it is the past to everybody listening, so. They're hearing the disembodied voices of uh, Tuesday night in, in uh, Sherman Oaks, California, and on the streets in Dayton, Ohio. All right. Peace, Saudi. Peace, Saudi.